you. And now, out to witness the awesome, crushing might of the Eugene. Song show the kids Welcome, my friend, to a show that seemingly apparently never ends. Version number two, four, two. I'm the Eugene S. Robinson showstopper. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. It's weird. I finally listened to my own show the other day. I've come to the conclusion that the music that I used to lead into the show is a lot louder in my ear than it is when we record it. So it's just like I'm talking with this music murmuring in the background. I guess I should think about fixing that in 2023, but until then, it's like this. Bob Riley singing us in like he has every week since 2007. Intro, all of nothing, from Stigmata, calling of the just. Uh, this is not a beard, my friend. <laughs> Still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, where they hit your car with a hammer shoot you to death in a nightclub and run your mayor pro tem out of town listen well taking a real good look at you i'm taking a real good look at your face so being paid back in full always nothing is my friends uh welcome my friends to a show that apparently seemingly never ends uh we got some catching up to do because there was no show last week why was there no sh- hey hey mr robinson well why was what what the how why was there no show last week mr robinson we'll get to that in this we'll get to that in a second um because this is 2023 it's the first day of 2023 if you're sane you're probably uh, you're probably watching a football game or or sleeping or if you're an adult, you went to bed at a normal time, fucked the world, and got up and did what you had to do without complaint. But whatever, I don't expect that you're all going to be sitting here. So you can you those of you who are can explain to those who ain't what happened last week. It was the holidays. You know, it, it, sometimes it's easy to be a prick. Sometimes it's hard to be a prick. And hey, you know what? There's nothing I was going to say last week that was going to make you feel happy about the holidays. And I happen to like the holidays in actual fact. Like if you read the Substack last week, it's like the line says from a sleigh ride, the song. I don't think Johnny Mathis wrote it, but I think he certainly immortalized it. He says, there's a happy feeling nothing in the world can buy. You know, there are a few places left where mystery exists in our lives. 
uh, huh, uh, huh. and I still feel a residue of early life exposure to mystery via decent holiday seasons. So I like to relive it as often as possible. Easy to do that through the eyes of a child. And I've always had one or have at least since for the last 26 years. So, uh, and, and keep in mind, and this is even without all the hoo-ha about Santa Claus, my friend, uh, Dr. Steve had this, uh, dictum because I never want to bullshit my kids. And insofar as possible, that is, as far as I know, I have never lied to my children. So, a, uh, uh, so there is that. So, <laughs> um, but uh, uh, last week gave a lot of time for a lot of other things to happen, Christmas shopping, holiday shopping, Hanukkah shopping, whatever you got going on, uh, um, whatever wh- whatever uh, was going on, that's what was going on. So commercials, I'd like to do it l- a little bit differently at the, at the top of the hour uh, and just, you know, I can give, you know, I could give you the Venmo, I could give you the Cash App, I could give you Patreon.com slash The Stomper. I can give you all those things, commercial, but, you know, on Planet Oxbow, we do a lot of stuff that seems counterintuitive um, because we make decisions to do stuff with, which best accords with our personalities as well as the, the dictates of our souls. Um, so from now on, uh, and this is not uh, this is not a punishment thing. Uh, some of you, some of you will go for the okie doke and go hot diggity dog. I don't have to, I'm not doing any more commercials at the top of the show. It's not like I'm too good to beg for money. Um, I'm not too, I'm perfectly okay begging for money, but I don't, um, I don't, I don't want to do it. And so there's no benefit, uh, no benefit of doing this show anymore. If I have to do stuff I don't want to do. So I might as well do stuff that I want to do. And what I don't want to do is keep asking for money. I like to keep getting money, but I don't like to keep asking for it because now we're in a situation. You ever get in a street fight that was completely unavoidable if the person that listened to you the first time around? If the person that listened to you the first time around, there'd have been no street fight. But by the time it gets to the third or fourth time, they're sending a message that there's only one language that they understand. So I know that you know that it takes money to do this stuff, that it's a marker of other things. I know that you know that I will accept as little as 50 cents if that's what you if, if that's what you want to give i know that you know it's a marker of appreciation and so on i know that you know how to get a hold of the places to go to do it i'm not repeating that shit three or four times you know it i know it you know where to go vote accordingly and we'll all do the same i don't want to subject you to the tyranny of my expectations and so that's a new me for 2023 no more commercials at the top of the hour i'm tired of doing them so anyway um but of course i'm glad to get the money you know we need it. What I can't I keep, like the uh, Spinal Tap says, do I have to come right out and say it? I don't assume I do. So that's it. You heard the last one, January 1st, 2023. You heard the, you know, any single movie that I saw growing up that was a sci-fi movie had 2023 being a fantastical future of flying cars and automated machines and ugh. where's my flying car? Where's my jetpack? That shit never happened. Never fucking happen. Hey, you got a cast on your arm when you get into a street fight. That becomes a club. So, uh, um, Mr. Mr. Robinson, how you spend the holidays? Well, the, the benefit is I got to see all of my kids. If you follow me on Instagram at Mr. Sleep Three, if you uh, if you uh, follow me on the, whatever is still left of Twitter, 
you would know this and have seen uh, uh, our, our our standard holiday card adapted for ap- adapted for new editions uh, vis-a-vis daughter and grandson. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you should look for it. It was amusing and fun to do. So, uh, you know, Godfather Vito Corleone says, a man is nothing who spends no time with his family. So uh, spent some time with the family. Uh, Christmas, uh, Christmas holiday cheer all around. Fine, fine, fine. Uh, but don't think for a second that we're not paying attention to what's going on in the world, uh, which is, you know, and there are lots of other things. Filmed a, a crap load, a butt load of Oxbow videos. Um, wrote all, all the lyrics for the next Boonwell record, Mansuetude. Uh, which is a double record. So it was like 14, 15 fucking songs. Wrote lyrics for them all. Go to record next week, uh, this weekend coming up. Um, This next weekend coming up to record all 15 songs at once. Um, And uh, and then the photographer, uh, uh, the video folks come from uh, Milan. Uh, this would be Anna Paula Martin, the wife of uh, uh, Jabir Iriando, the guitar player for uh, Bunuel. She's also doing an Oxbow video and will be here uh, January 15th. So pretty heady schedule. Um, and then I do a live performance of Repo Man that involves Alex Cox, the guy who directed it at uh, the Great American Music Hall. If you happen to be in San Francisco, I don't know what role I'm playing. But if they if they don't have me play the role of put your seatbelt on, boy, that's one of my rules. If they don't have me playing that guy's role, they're in big trouble. Um, it, it, to explain the look, I was tearing my face up by shaving. I kept buying new shavers. Nothing's working. A buddy of mine said about the Braun Series 7, which I don't have or nor can I afford. It's $135. He said, it is so good. It is so good that I want to do nothing but go home and shave. No, so good that I want to do nothing but go home and shave. And he goes, and if I had had more money, I would have advised my wife to get me the Series 9, which is like a $300 shaver. You know, a $300 shaver. Uh, So I'm giving my face a break. Really what I'm hoping is that somebody buys me either the Series 7 or the Series 9 Braun Shaver. You know, Braun's a German company. I think they have lots of experience shaving people's faces and the heads. I don't know how they have all that experience. Nah, Mr. Is, ignore Ryan. He, he, he's desperate for attention. He can't get it on the jujitsu mats, so he comes here for that. <laughs> I don't even have to give context for the people who are listening only on SoundCloud and are not seeing the comments. <laughs> so it's pathetic. So I'm letting the face the, the face rest a bit. Um, but everybody tells me it looks good, but then they always add the addendum, George Clooney good. It's like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, it means you look okay for an old guy who lives under a bridge. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or how about the, it means you look okay for a guy who lives on Lake Como. <laughs> But this is just to give my face a break until I can work out the shaving situation and or somebody buys me a, a Series 7 shaver. Uh, this is not a permanent uh, thing. I, I, I'm not a beard guy. I don't, I'm don't. So, I'm shocked I can grow this much. But it seems to be... Uh, people don't seem to mind when I ask for the senior menu. <laughs> so anyway, anyway. Uh, 
like no commercials, correct? Uh, uh, but there are strange things that have been afoot, and we've had we've had. Oh, well, listen, I've been mistaken for I've been mistaken for Lenny Kravitz. I've been mistaken for Eddie Murph. I can give you the countries. I was mistaken for Lenny Kravitz in Italy, in Milan specifically. I was mistaken for Eddie Murphy in Luxembourg. Growing up, I used to be mistaken for Lou Rawls. Uh, in Arizona, I was mistaken for Ernie Shavers, the boxer. I don't know how I knew it. Idris Elba is new. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that one. Uh, I like him. Muay Thai guy. <laughs> okay, there you go. There you go. Well, uh, I I don't desire to be a, a, uh, in ch- a leader and in charge. Uh, so in other words, it makes me look like I've got my act more together. I, I like truth telling in, in, in facial hair. I don't have my act together. Um, so anyway, so a lot of stuff has been happening in, in both the world and the world uh, of MMA. And I, I want to, I want to, I'm not going to lead with the Bonner thing, even though I did in the description, but I want to lead with Tate um, because uh, one of the guys at Jiu-Jitsu and uh, Mr. Merrill may have overheard this as we rolled. One of the guys at Jiu-Jitsu had a different, had a different take on it, on Tate, not even addressing the scumbaggery of a, of a Tate, uh, Andrew Tate, um, but sort of saying, listen, listen, he said very specifically, since when do you think the Romanians gave a shit about prostitution? Since when? And I go, what, what, what are you saying? He goes, so suddenly the Romanians give a shit about prostitution. Well, the prostitution um, didn't involve, at first I said incorrectly, prostitution did, did not involve uh, uh, Romanian women, it involved British women. That's why they and said, no, 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 I made a mistake. It involved Romanian women. They used what they called a lover boy technique, which is to lure women with promises of matrimony and then, you know, essentially not let them leave. This has happened many a time in, in Eastern Europe, you know. But be, keep in mind, it's part of the in, inboarding process where they find out that they find out what people are less likely to be missed. Don't have a lot of family, don't have any living siblings, were an orphan between jobs, not married, don't have kids, you're, you're going to get gotten. It's going to be like uh, uh, Hostel, the movie. You're going to check into a cinder block room and you're not going to check out. There's a mattress and some handcuffs. That's it. So um, so uh, the, 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 the reality of it is, he, he, the point that he's making is, Notwithstanding the scumbagitude of of a of a, a, a Tate, the Tate brothers apparently Tate brothers, um, key bono, who benefits from the arrest? Right. In other words, his claim is that uh, the Tates were picked up for not busting loose with the cash. For not busting loose with the cash. In other words, had they paid appropriately and not been striding over there with some sort of Western indifference, if they had paid off the cops, if they had paid off the, you know, it it would be business as usual uh, in Romania that day. And uh, I have to tell you, uh, the business of prostitution in Romania, based on the experience I've had and 
somebody offering to offer a business opportunity whereby I could participate in the ownership of a brothel. Uh, which doesn't, you know, uh, yeah, not not something uh, doesn't accord well with my sense of uh, fair play. Uh, so I declined. I like money, but not like that. So, um, so, so he just he hit the whole Kibono he uh, Kibono button, um, you know, which is which is like uh, he didn't pay enough, but more importantly not paying enough maybe sends a message but they went very public with this message so who paid who paid for them to recognize that he wasn't paying enough in other words who overpaid or who who outpaid the tates and, and i go well and of course the the round ended and i never got him to, to closure on it like you know if we're playing a key bono game who do you think is behind that who most wants to see the tates in, in jail now make no mind this guy is a piece of shit but it's not like Greta Thun, Thunberg uh, uh, got him arrested. Well, I mean, she, you know, there was the whole thing with the back and forth about the cars. And, and then there's this great article in the Smithsonian about how how men look at, you know, eco issues as being kind of a certain type of man looks at eco issues as being threatening their masculinity. Which is, you know, they don't, I mean, they've done studies, thousands of people. Look at Smithsonian. I can put the link up if you actually need. They, they just... And they've done these kind of studies from country to country. Somehow, people, a certain type of man thinks caring about plants makes you gay. You know what makes you gay? The desire for a penis in your mouth. That makes you gay. Uh, uh, caring about plants does not make you, does not make you gay. Um, but whatever. That's a side note. So, um, so the, the tapes are, 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 you know, blasted off of every social media forum for um um you know this kind of uh, hostile misogyny and listen let me explain something you're gonna say usually you're talking about misogyny but you know you had, had to, listen listen uh, you know, me being a lothario it, it has nothing to do with misogyny right i it, let me tell you a story based on my life at skull game which some of you heard before so i'm not gonna go deep into it and that that is Largely, um, you know, um, the, what did they say? They said that uh, one of the guys, each person who reviewed, if you remember, Skull Game was a porn review site. Um, is a, a porn review site. So we all ended up having specialties, right? There was a one guy who wanted all the Asian porn also, interestingly enough, the guy who wanted all of the anal porn, um, there was a guy who wanted uh, all of the trans porn. He repeatedly asked me to come over to his house, hang out for a sleepover, told me he was not gay. He just finds the penis to be a much more attractive organ than the vagina. I declined his invitation. Um, then you had, uh, you know, you had people, everybody had their specialty. And one guy decided, I'm kind of a gonzo guy. I want to go for gonzo. Uh, my specialty, as I reviewed under the name Vinnie Rose, was whatever was left. Whatever was left that nobody wanted to watch, I watched. Which, strangely enough, weirdly enough, ended up being a lot of celebrity porn, which was routinely horrible. You know, Tommy and, and the, the Pamela, 
the uh, the, the the wrestler sage or whatever the wrestler woman with the two inch clitoris, the you know the the ice skater broad and a Jeff Galuli, horrible, horrible, horrible. Nobody should see those. Nobody should have to see those. That's why some of that stuff is best left up to professionals. So um, the Gonzo guy finally tapped out. And he tapped out in a way that was really interesting. Don't send me any more of that shit. I don't like it. If these guys hate women so much, why don't they go suck dick? And then suddenly, suddenly, a light goes off. Now, a certain amount of it could be explained if you've had a rough passage in high school, right? My theory is that, that you know, high school and college, in terms of sexual politics, you as a man know the least um, and assume China, yeah, China, thank you, uh, 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 not Sage. You, you know the least, you want the most. Oh, wow. Wow, wow. I just noticed something, man. That's wild. I've never seen one before. There's a shot spotter uh, like 50 yards outside my house. I can see it. Didn't know it was there. And then they put this shit up and you just, good, they put it by the scumbag house where all these guys have all been arrested already. That's good. <laughs> so, you know, so a, um, uh, so you, 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 you want the most, you know, the least, and you assume all kinds of, uh, you all assume all kinds of shot spotter, look it up. It can triangulate where gunshots are fired from. So, um, and, 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 if you ever, if there's ever a point in your life in which you're going to feel done over or done poorly by the opposite sex, presuming a certain level of heterosexuality, it's going to be in, in that passage from sexual awakening to the end of college, say. And as we move into late 20s, early 30s, the, the, the power balance starts to shift as women face, you know, um, time issues. You know, in other words, if you are 34, 35 <clears throat> And you are dating a woman who's 34, 35, <clears throat> who desires to have children. Nothing you're doing is fun. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I'm this is not this is I'm not castigating that as a thought process. I'm saying I, I love what uh, Linton Quasi Johns call uh, Linton Quasi Johnson calls uh, um, what does he call it? Uh, merciless realism. I want to have four kids. I want to have three kids. I want to have two kids. I'm 34 years old. Time jokey joke time was 10 years ago. No more jokey joke time. So if you have a rough passage, say from 15 to 22, I could understand you having a permanent life affliction, a temporary life affliction where you might be kind of cranky about the politic that goes into, into the sexual doings. But how badly done over do you have to be to maintain that shit into your thirties and your forties? What weird shit had to happen in that, in that period, right? Now I had so I was done over badly, what it felt to me badly when I was 18, 19. After having a good run up to that, done in badly, 90, 18, 19, and then and it had a, a rough. Of course, then got, got to see things change. And the gyre, G-Y-R-E, the gyre turned. You know? It turned. So what's happening with Tate that he's still beating that drum? It can't be that there hasn't been any level setting. He's been level set. And certainly having 
33 cars and houses, but he, he can't shake what? It's not like somebody dumped him when he was 19. And, you know, my first girlfriend when I was 10 years old dumped me, dumped me because uh, uh, the uh, reason she gave was she shouted through the whole neighborhood when her friend said, did you dump Gene? Yes. Why? He's boring. Now, in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, this has probably had an oversized effect on my my understanding of how I apply myself in relationships, both for good and for ill. But I'm not a fucking misogynistic piece of shit. That's also not my brand. That's also not what pays me. If somebody can say, hey, Eugene, you'd be a misogynistic piece of shit. You could get paid big. Would you do it? No. No. Because like the guy said who reviewed my gonzo porn, if you hate women this much, why don't you just go suck dick? I, at fundamental base root levels, grew up surrounded by women. Sisters, cousins, aunts. Uh, the men that were in my family married into the family. My identification is, primar- is, primarily, is primarily feminine. I, these, uh, these male macho activities that I do... I do because I'm I'm born to it, but I'm also born to it because of, you know, the sensitive inner kid who had to deal with people like punching me in the face for saying, being excited about the color green, which happened when I was nine years old. <laughs> um, so uh, it's like, all right. And also when I've been in street fights or had really negative immediate reactions to something that's ended up in fisticuffs and scuffle, it's been because somebody has, has anti-masculinized me. I'll give you an example of what I mean. Two friends of mine in high school get into a fight and I'm egging them on. They're both friends of mine, right? They're both big guys and I'm joking egging them on, but, um, but stuff is happening between them because one guy is like six foot four and the other guy is six, two. And the six, two guy goes, look, I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight. And, uh, and then the other guy's like, yeah, well, and so they, they grab each other, do the hockey player thing. And the guy says, my, my closer friend says, I don't, I don't want to fight. Holds his hands up like this. And then the guy who's the larger guy who's holding him by his, his, his lapel or his his T-shirt, he was wearing a T-shirt, a red T-shirt, I remember, pushes my friend as he turns back to his locker and goes, (laughs) and it was the anti-masculinizing effect of the snort, the the contemptuous snort that activated my friend in the red shirt, who unbeknownst to the much larger man had been fighting every day a Russian cat whose family moved him to the Lower East Side, a Russian redheaded cat whose family had moved him to the Lower East Side in the 60s, which meant that he had to fight every single day, every single day. So he was pretty good with the hands. I mean, if you've ever seen a really good street fighter and gave him a a, a three-piece and put down Mr. Linker, who was a much larger guy, I felt bad. And Jack, the guy who did the punches, stood over him and said, I told you I don't want to have to fight. None of that 
none of what was passing between them was injurious until the snort. And I've had also that reaction where, where I know if I were a woman in that situation, that I would have no recourse. And that's made me even angrier. In fact, I was in the car with my ex-wife and I was, you know, leaning back in the seat and some guy is pissed off about the way she's driving. He's beeping, beeping, flipping off, beeping, beeping. He's weaving. He's got some nice sport convertible sports car. And then he like pulls in, blocks her. This is an Alma Boulevard, Alma in in Palo Alto. Doesn't see me in the car. Smoked windows can't see me. And he's like sitting in the jawing at her. And I lost it. Jump out of the, my, my mother-in-law's in the backseat. Jump out of the car and stand over him and his, his buddy. And I said, one more fucking word out of you. One more word and I'll kill you. I'll kill you where you sit. And they did the only thing you should ever do in that situation. They sat there. They looked straight ahead. They didn't say anything. They didn't do anything. Of course, then I had to walk back to the car and try to sane up before I got in the passenger seat in front of my mother-in-law, who was also a therapist, (laughs) who saw me lose it in the most aggressive way possible. But fundamentally, I really like women. And guys like this, these half-formed men, and one of you mentioned in the comments about uh, the, no, Mr. Is mentioned no, the no father thing. Whatever, man. Whatever. I just wish you would go out and suck a dick. You know, there's nothing shameful about that. Whatever. Every time somebody's sucking my dick, I'm pretty happy. So, you know, whatever, whatever, this whole, this whole, like some, I told you the guy saying to me, what's, what's your best line for picking up chicks? Cause you know, I go, hi, that's a good one. They start with that. You want to write that down or hello. That's another, that's another good one. You know, but this Andrew Tate and it's all of a piece from Iron John to all these guys that prefer the company of men and they stand around the woods and beat drums and hug each other around fires and cry about their fathers. I got a father issue too. Uh, you don't see me fucking hugging up on a, well, let me change that. <laughs> you do see me hugging up on other men seven days a week at jujitsu, but maybe that's a, maybe that's a pro-social way of dealing with it. I don't know, but it doesn't never translate to transmute to this kind of hatred, this borderline hatred uh, um, of, 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 of women. So fuck Andrew Tate. Now, I, I haven't been heavy on Andrew Tate. I'm only mentioning it on this show. And the reason I haven't been heavy on Andrew Tate publicly, keep in mind, dude's a scumbag. But before I could load in and start talking about what a scumbag he was, Jake Shield starts defending the guy. Now, you would say, you can't be saying you're supporting Jake. My issue is not Jake Shields. The issue is we have swum in the same pool. <laughs> so, 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 you know, Jake Shields knows, knows way too much about me. I'm not getting public fights with Jake Shields. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't any public fights with Jake Shields. Forget that. Forget it. 
And this is not because he'll show up at your school and beat you up or slap you. It's like, oh, yeah? What about that time you, hey, whoa, hey. <laughs> so you, you have to understand if I, if I am, <laughs> no, I don't mind. I, hey, it would be, I, I would take a beating easy. I'm glad to roll with Jake anytime. That part I'm not afraid of. What he knows and what he might talk about is what I would not be comfortable with. So FYI. So fuck Tate. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, that was me staring ahead and not speaking, you know. Uh, and let me tell you, let me explain to you. Sports agent extraordinaire, the friend that we have in common that introduced us, it was any degenerate thing he would do. You know, there's a very human need for confession. So every degenerate, creepy thing that he did when he was sharing it with Jake and Gil and these guys in San Francisco, who I saw, but not as often. He lived in San Francisco. He saw them more often than I did. He couldn't publicly own it himself. He would say, who the fuck did that? He said, well, you know, Eugene. So every degenerate thing that he did when they asked him with a look of horror in their eyes, keep in mind, if these guys were horrified, this shit was horrifying. He said that I did it. Now, now, I'm not saying any of what they said is true about me, but I do not want to be in a situation to publicly have to say, I did not have sex with the disabled prostitute. I, I know, I, I, you know, so let's just, let's just say this, this, this is the better part of valor, me keeping my mouth shut, but make no mistake, this is a fucking dirty, bad look. She had a cane and burned legs. That's it. It wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't me. Uh, so this is, this is, uh, uh, no, physically, this hey, you guys are focused on the wrong thing here. <laughs> so, 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 hey, uh, listen, the Tate thing is not really what I'm here about talking to here to talk about. The issue is these guys, Jake Shields, he's out of it, he's done. But the, the, um, that you, what you need, and we've talked about this before in other shows, you know, the thing they have AR, which is artist and repertoire, and they have artist development in re- old days and record labels. You know, um, and these are people who fundamentally manage the careers of the artist. And you need some fight version of that. Justin Gaethje does not need to be with Kadyrov in Chechnya. That was stupid. That was really fucking stupid. Okay. Um, Let's see. Uh, 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 Aljamain Sterling does not need to be palling around with Andrew Tate. Not the guy who holds the belt. Not the guy who has a profile. That was stupid. That was really fucking stupid. You know? And I'm not talking... You, you know how you know? You know how you know? Anybody in a top 10 movie hang out with Andrew Tate? See anybody? See anybody? Anybody? Tom Cruise hanging out with Andrew Tate? Brad Pitt? Not saying that they're above it. I'm just saying it's a bad look. It's a stupid move. Um, you know, I, I I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you because all you have left in the world is your name and your balls. Segway Bonner. 
it's easy to make these claims and love up on dude when he's dead. But do not believe anybody, any story that tries to lean on this idea of, oh, he died of natural causes or he was a, no, 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 no. Stephen Bonner, if you've been the kind of pay, person to pay attention, Stephen Bonner has had problems for years. And people are saying, well, you know, the problems are connected to CTE. Maybe, maybe, maybe the problems are connected to everything. Everything. 99 problems and a bitch ain't one. 99 problems and a bank account shouldn't have been one. You can you can draw this, you can whatever kind of charm offensive you want, and they put out fine, you know, they got me. The bald one got me. When he talked about that guy that was tormenting his mother when he was a kid, the next door, next door neighbor, and then finally he got 15, he's 15 years old, and he goes screaming over the face, I'm not a kid anymore, I'll kick your ass. Okay, okay. Finally. Finally, the, he he dig, he digs deep in a charm offensive uh, bag of knickknack bag of tricks, and I start to say, "Fuck, that's exactly right." Somebody's fucking with my mom. You, he's I would have gone at him after him at twelve. I wouldn't have waited till I was fifteen. I get and I go, "Oh, he honey dicked me. The bald one got me. The charm offensive, cause and that was an easy pick. That was an easy pick. Who doesn't like their mother? Well, you know who doesn't? The bald one." <laughs> that's the joke. Do you realize I was in contact with his mother? Oh, yeah, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that. She had a book and wanted to publish. She either wanted to or has at this point published a book about what a piece of shit he was. I think the idea was supposed to be that she really wanted him to buy her out of the book so she didn't have to write it, but she wasn't getting the money she thought she should get from him and blah, 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 blah. And he said, before I give money as I want to give money. That's in your Mr. Is his comment about the 600K to the to the Nelk brothers. Uh, okay, this is why you have to do a charm offensive. Wouldn't it just be cheaper to do? And listen, I understand the Bonner thing. It's like Madonna had that brother who was living in a car for a bit. A brother who was living in a car. I had a friend, she worked at McKinsey for years. Her brother died. Her brother died in the alley, penniless. You go, how, 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 you know, how could that, how could that be? How could that be? That? And somebody said, you know, just because you have money, first of all, you're under no obligation to give people that don't have money money. I got that. Secondarily, you know, you might have people who the last thing they need is money. The last thing that they should have is money. If you have somebody who's got a terrible drug problem, giving them money is not the, the solution. And yet governments do it all the time. I don't want to get political. Forget about that. Forget I even said that. Nah, man, it's not whippets. It's uh, it's oxygen boost. <laughs> you can get it at big five. This is menthol, eucalyptus, 95% pure, pure oxygen. I'm going Frank Booth from uh, Blue Velvet. So, uh, you know, so... The fact that Bonner may have been having problems. Look, you think Bonner always had problems? Let me switch that around. Do you think Bonner had always had problems that nobody knew about? 
specifically the people who rolled him out there to fight for us, Griffin, who put him on the show, who essentially used him to save uh, Oofsi. And I remember talking to uh, my friend Todd, who was the editor-in-chief of Grappling Magazine at the time, and they said that uh, it, it, Fertitas were going to sell. Lock, Stone Cold Lock, proof that Fertitas were going to sell. Uh, you know, so... Uh, um, That was it. That fight saved. Not only did that fight save it, but if you look at it that way, that without that fight with Forrest Griffin, those guys don't become billionaires. Now, you don't think, I mean, this is like San Francisco writ large. California, state of California, has a $97 billion budget surplus, and we can't figure out the homeless problem, right? Well, if we give these people money, they're just going to spend it on drugs, So you're saying $97 billion, you can't think of any way to help. The bald one, the oofsie, couldn't think of any way to help Bonner. There's a, the, in the realm of possible solutions to this, there is not a single solution that anybody would it was ever able to come up with to help fix the Bonner situation. Not when they could think of, what, not when they knew about, not when they cared about. Maybe that was it. Maybe that was it. Who knows? Who knows? Bonner wasn't out there looking. Look, they had a picture. I saw a picture on Instagram the other day. <laughs> my, my mom is feverishly texting. She's worried. She hasn't heard from me. That's feverishly texting me. Let's get let's get her on the show. Uh, let me let me see if I can get her on the show here. <laughs> I think she's she's panicking. She hasn't heard. There's so many bad things happen to people on New Year's Eve that are, you know, uh, let me see what my mom wants. You guys, <laughs> let's get her on the show. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're my mom here. <laughs> yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hey, I'm right in the middle of doing my show. So you're actually on my show now. So tell the people Happy New Year. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs> I said I said my mom is calling. I have to. She's going to think I'm dead from some New Year's Eve excess. So I got to put you on the show. Excellent. Excellent. I was beginning to worry. It's like, where is my son? No, no, no. Let, I'll give you a call in about 20 minutes when I get off the show. No problem. Talk to you soon. All right, Mom. Bye. Okay, yeah. yeah, and then she's gonna she's gonna hate that I've done that. <laughs> she's gonna yeah gonna hate that that uh, that I put her on the show. So <laughs> that's right. Yeah, she she has has a uh, yeah yeah exactly. Last 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 time she came to Packers, she almost got Mike the cop killed. She was like, ah, what was happening out there? I go, oh, you know, we're rolling. Because it looks like he was doing okay with you. What? No, it looks like he was what the cop? Yeah, he's like, is he really good? Is he a higher belt? Than you? No. She, I go, okay, come on, Mike, let's go again. <laughs> I had to kill Mike. So yeah, anyway, back to the monitor thing. It's like th there's no way that you could help. You didn't know or you didn't care to know. Of course, I'm not even touching on the secret payments that are made to some fighters that are not functional. Like Arthur Miller with the son that they determined need to be institutionalized, he put that kid in an institution back in the 50s, never saw him again.
Never went to see this kid. Fuck Arthur Miller. But he talks about Arthur Miller being a genius. I got to go fuck Arthur Miller. Okay, those were the days where people did things differently. You know, they didn't know about, what do you mean you didn't know? You didn't know, what do you mean you didn't know? You put that kid in the institution, never saw him again? What kind of fucking shit is that? How can you? Yeah, so there's that guy, I'm not going to mention his name, MMA fighter, who they pretty much, it was an open secret. They're paying this guy's got bad CTE. You know, it's like the guy in the old boxing movies who they just let him hang out in the gym and sell pencils out of a tin cup. And you're going to do this professional slap league? Okay. You will never go broke under, uh, 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 was underestimating how low fucking young men will go for some sort of fatherly significance in their lives. See, circular ties back in the tape. So they didn't help this guy. And, you know, I, working at this point now, I'm starting to love dude. He he is an influencer fighter. He's an if for sure, Sean Strickland, unless he starts putting some some W's in that column. But I liked it. He said, you know, don't, don't, don't ask me. Don't do this fucking chest beating. And this, hey, the guy's up. They were good for, 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 for a bonner. You didn't give a fuck about this guy. He was a punchline to a joke. And on my Instagram feed, I see Mark Kerr. Watch the Smashing Machine. Yeah, I know it's one of those pumping iron documentaries where he's trying to scrounge pain medicine at the show. And the Japanese are like, whoa. It's like, you guys, you all, you all fucking knew. You know, I, I, I've wanted to have a pre-funeral funeral. I, I know that's impossible to do, but I have an agreement with the same sports agent that told Jake Shields all that shit about me. I said, listen. If you predecease me in death, or I predecease you in death, let's have a let's have a bond. Let's have a meeting here. You, whoever lives shows up at the other person's funeral with a sh- uh, machine gun. And the second that anybody stands up and starts to say, "If we'd only known," you start machine gunning everybody. Well, I mean, the guy, mostly the guy talking. Or the people saying, if we'd only known, our take was that our entire lives have been a singular cry for help. Don't give me that thing you didn't know. Everybody knew Bonner was having trouble. If you got stories about Mark Coleman trying to sell his belt on eBay, he's having trouble. Now, I'm not saying that the the oofsie has to own that trouble. Careful. The oofsie doesn't have to own that trouble. You see people, you ever see, I, I was on a uh, that commercial, that Miller Genuine Draft commercial, okay? Miller Genuine Draft, Gus Van Sant was directing, and it's in LA. I got $2,000 a day, st- standard, you know, fee. And then I made over $100,000 in royalties. So I'm talking to a couple of the guys, we're supposed to be like bikers and tough guys in the bar, construction workers. I'm talking to one of the guys in the city, I go, what do you do? And he's like, this. Like, what do you mean? I'm thinking I got fucking six grand for this, three days. I can live on that. And the guy's like, he didn't know, he didn't know that I didn't know about the royalties. And he just said to me, I do two of these a year. I'm set. Yeah, he's right. So I got a hundred thousand dollars. I got a hundred thousand dollars for this. If he does two of those in a year, that's two hundred thousand dollars. Dude is still, he's living with a bunch of other dude actors in Hollywood or in Venice. He's paying like three hundred dollars a week. Fuck, he's not doing okay. So what's he doing? What's he doing? He's going on auditions, acting classes. He's doing the Hollywood hustle. He's trying to make it. But you can slip over that Hollywood hustle. 
right? You can slip. Cato Kalin, you think about guys like Cato Kalin. How do you end up being that guy on that couch? Or if you white, if you watch the if you watch the green uh, glass onion, there's that guy who is there's the the Elon Musk character played by Ed Norton, and he has a guy who's just at his place getting his head together. How do you end up being that guy? I know because when I had my closest brush with constant Hollywood celebrity, these cats were always asking me to hang out at two in the morning. You can't hang out at two in the morning if you got to get up at nine o'clock for work, eight o'clock and get to work by nine. You need to be crisp. These cats, I'm hanging out with guys ordering $1,000 a bottle of champagne. Where are you going? I mean, where am I going? That becomes your profession at that point. Hang around. And these people are resentful because they don't want, why am I always picking up the bill? Because you're the fucking celebrity. It's only, but celebrities only feel that, that their celebrity is only burnished by your non-celebrity. So they have to maintain non-celebrity status, right? It's like, not like, yeah, I know, you know, George Clooney and Brad Pitt are friends, but the vast majority of their friends are not famous. That's just the way it is. That's the way numbers work. So how are you going to maintain an association with a famous person if you're non-famous and any kind of real friendship? I say this because once you make the decision to be that guy, be the guy on the couch, you have decided a very different lifestyle. And the lure, that guy, I've been waiting to see that guy. I've been waiting to see that guy. The guy who said just this, because I could, he really wanted it. And I, I saw him later on some like Afrin commercial or Advil commercial. And that's, I haven't seen him again. I have not seen him again. But there's a point at which you like, fuck, man. I've now spent 15 years chasing this dream. I got nothing on a resume. I've got bit parts for 15 years. Now, I know two guys who moved to L.A. They were twins, and they made... They, they have made a living as extras. That's all they needed. It's low ego, low pay, but you can do it a lot. And at a certain point, they had like 12, 15 years on their resume and nothing but that. The, the die is cast. The die is cast. You're not going to get an entry-level job doing anything else because you're too fucking old at that point. That's it. My point is that once these guys get a taste of that fucking apple, the oofsie taste, you know, you cannot go for the okie doke. So don't laugh at a, 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 a Stipe. Stipe will not be selling his belts in the future. You know, don't laugh at these guys who try to maintain some semblance of normalcy about their lives because this shit doesn't last forever. Or like my ex-wife said, $40 million is not enough to retire on. So you're going to have a few fights. You're on TV. Bobby Southward said it best. You know what fame is? Everybody knows your name, but you're broke. His wife got a high-tech job, moved to Texas. He's like, fuck it. That's why you don't see Bobby Southward that much anymore. He was on the show, had a personal thing. I'm sure if Instagram or any of these, Twitter had been big back then, he'd have millions of followers. And... So, yes, the UFC has no obligation to be, you know, permanent lifetime, you know, um, but 
I, I don't, as a point of pride, it just seems like a finder's fee that there should be, or a pension fund, or, you know, you don't want these guys to unionize, give them the benefits of the things that people get from you, from unionizing so they don't have to do it. Yes. I mean, uh, let, uh, let, let, you know, there's got, there's gotta be, my point is very simple. I do not think the oopsie has an obligation, but I think there should be a safety net. And you're talking about young men. You you know, you know, my first job out of college, I got $18,000 a year. Now this was $18,000 in 1986 dollars, which felt okay to me. My impression now is that I was so violently and aggressively jobbed that I should go back and beat those guys and rob them on the streets. Of course, they're all dead now. They're old. So I was 20, what? This is 40 years ago. These cats are dead. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, Forrest, whatever. He's he's eaten. And, you know, and, and, and it wouldn't be, I'm not saying that Oopsie has an obligation, but where they do exercise that obligation, it really seems arbitrary. Matt Hughes, Chuck Liddell, I like Chuck. Yeah, man. Bonner shouldn't have been doing pro wrestling matches. for 50. Look, when people disappear in Hollywood, it's usually for a reason. Like the guy from, uh, uh, you know, what is that? Midnight Express. I thought that guy had a big upside. Turns out they all kinds of drug problems, never, never fulfilled his promise. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What he did got you to where you are. Without him, there's no you. You build in a pension, build in an old fighter's home, buy, <laughs> you know, $600,000 is not much in the Bay Area. But you could buy a place in, in Henderson, Nevada for $600,000, a place to house, you know, fighters who just, you know, make it a performance institute, I mean, condo or setup or something. Something, 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 man. And, and okay, I understand you don't have to do it, but you should do it. And the space between have to and should it is the liminal space between have to and should is not a place for a multi-billionaire to sit and dither. Because real people are living real lives and they're going to fucking die. The guys having drug problems that are precipitated by head problems, that are precipitated by CTE problems, that are precipitated by social problems, fucking help him. It's not my job. I enjoyed his fights. I did all, I did my part. Paid the money to watch the guys' fights. I did my part. You do your part. Take care of your human resource. And they say, okay, Eugene, how about this? Those guys that paid you $18,000, yes. Baldwin, yes. Okay, you start to have problems. 20 years later, you had this job when you were 25, 45, you start having problems. How much are these guys paying? Well, the reality of it is they have been paying it. They paid Social Security, their 401k, they did pay it. And he says, well, you know, I got my fight of Social Security in the 401k. Do you? I don't think they do. I don't think they do. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta put us in where we can't have these conversations because there's 
if you're feeling bad about Stephen Bonner dying, you have to feel bad about the circumstances connected to Stephen Bonner and the press very carefully bifurcating these issues. And Sean Strickland said it best. So, you know, and of course, in the last few minutes here, the Huffboat, I mean, there's been so much absolute fucking shit dribbling through the through the through the pipe holes of, of MMA media this last few weeks. It's, it's enough to give you a headache, make you sick. Like Travis Bickle says in Taxi Driver, I can't even think sometimes. The 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 co- accused anal rapist Connor McNuggets is his yap in here, you know. Um <laughs> yeah, 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 JB. He needs to have a few more of those. A few more death scares, the the, the bald one. You know, so uh yeah, I, I uh, the 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 Hamsat I can't get a fight, everybody's scared of me. It's like guys, you guys are desperate fucking whores. And it really, you know, uh, the still unbooked Johnny Boney Joni and Francis Ngannou. Yeah, yeah. Ozzy did have a 401k for me. I, I, I didn't put it into the Aussie 401k. <laughs> I was paid so poorly at Aussie that I figured I needed all the money I had. That was 10 years and no 401k with them. But IRA Roth on my own, yes. I'm planning for the future. <laughs> uh, what is that? Uh, the about Bobby Digital thing. If you ever see me broke off point, it's not, it's not Bobby. These are things you will never see. As long as I have a firearm and you got cash, we are not broke. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know. What do they say? Pimping ain't easy. Certainly seems to be. Certainly seems to be. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to fix it. And, and the reality of it is maybe, maybe this will help. Maybe this will help. Maybe this will create a situation where um, maybe this will create a situation where the Baldwin goes, that was a bad look for us. I put all this money in the char- charm of fencing, and here I am fucking back to square one because this guy died. Identify, identify yeah, exactly, man. Identify the trouble spots, deal with the trouble spots, spackle that shit over. I don't even say you have to. The kind of money that you could have given to smooth over the Bonner situation is much less than you would have paid the PR agency to do the same for you now. Help out. That's it. That's it. That's it. So anyway, this is the first show of the year. Those of you who attended, good for you. You now know there are no more commercials at the top of the hour. You now know also that's like now we're on the silent Eugene Byrne time. Because if you don't give, and I'm not asking you to give, but you don't give knowing that somebody needs to give, and you don't give, that's the Gimlet look. Anyway, this is 242 of the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper. I got to call mom's back. Where's the, 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 the headset? Where is it? Oh, man, I, I got I to gotta get organized. <laughs> like Travis Bickle. I got to get organized. I can't, oh, it's right here. Here we go. Uh, so I'm going to call mom back. I suggest you read the Substack. 
Uh, it's a year. I try to be, this is as upbeat as I was going to be looking back at 2022. I'm looking forward to 2023. Uh, like I say, yep. Don't die. Read the Substack. Have other people read the Substack. And, uh, we got some, no, of course, Monday, there's no care. Don't care. There's no fights. We have to, we did preview something, uh, Tuesday though. <clears throat> it's if the shoes fit where we're going to probably talk about Santos. If he still has a job by then, I love this guy. He's the closest thing we have to, so you got me. <laughs> He's the closest one we have to that. Anyway, uh, uh, I think the kid might still be sleeping, so we'll just say this quietly right now. Look what you made me do. 